Hey, welcome. This is Speedstick Ladies. Welcome. Welcome, everyone. Hey, Ada. Hey, <coughs> welcome to the Speedstick Ladies podcast. Hey, nice welcome. to be here. You poor thing, you've been sick. Uh, I'm going to be coughing and probably, you know, forgive us, forgive me rather, not Ada. Yes, I have. I'm on two weeks of COVID currently, and hey, it blows. So for those of you, please do what you can to get vaccine boosted for your own health and well-being. It's really, really awful. Really bad. Um, and you've been boosted and vaxxed. So yeah, Thank I should have had my second. I know. I just, I should have had my second boost and I didn't. I was lazy and here we are. Well, we're glad to have you back. We missed Thanks, you. Thanks, Ada. I missed you. It's good to see your face, hear your voice. <gasps> I love and- your face. Oh, I love your face. <laughs> um, <coughs> before we do our little hug, you know, we need to think of like a little name for all of our podcast followers. So there's yes. a tradition of like people will like refer to them at like maybe like our speed stickers or <gasps> stickers, something that like correlates with the name of our podcast. So be thinking about it. And Leave us a, a message on Instagram. <laughs> Give us some ideas since you left and us you know unread what? on the graphite. I'm calling y'all out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we asked a pointed question about what graphite is and we got ghosted the fuck out of. So yeah, we want to hear from you. Not, if you're not going to tell us what graphite is, at least tell us what you should all be called. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And if you don't tell us, we're just going to call you stickers. Okay. We're we going to call you stickers. You're amazing. Good. Yeah. Okay. So episode nine, let's have our self hug. Good job this week. We're back. We missed you. We've got a great topic for today. We're going to talk about taking risks. Risks. How many S's are on risks? Really over pronunciate that. I... I that reminded me of two things a spray bottle that sound and also like a you know one of those old school old school sprinklers that we used to run through yeah, that would like and it would like it's like you know um this is what we used to do in the day and we'll do it again one day we're gonna we're gonna run the sprinklers again but what we were talking about that has nothing to do with today's topic though uh we also we always do our preamble offline and uh Ada and I were talking about a good old dry hump. Yeah, dry humping. I think it's coming back. Oh, so good. I mean, it was kind of boring maybe for the past like 15. Was it? 20 years. Because like you just had sex. I think people just stopped talking about it. Yeah, and maybe just because you just had sex. And well, because like the really, line. No, it's really underrated. I agree with you. Though I think it was like also the line in which you wouldn't cross got further and further and further. And then like once you have sex, it was like, oh, okay, let's just have sex. But I was telling Ada a few weekends ago, well, this has been about a month ago now because we both have COVID. But um, uh, I was like to my husband, I was like, can we have a, can we dry hump this weekend? And he was like, uh, m- maybe for a couple minutes, but would we do that for longer? We just have sex. And I was like, no, I remember like a good makeout and a dry hump. And he was like, he was like dry. He was like, right. For the men, you get chafing. You get like 
poking of the hard penis. It's not fun for them, I guess, but it can be hot. So, but I just, but I remember like those days, like Ada, like when you maybe had a skirt on and I remember thinking that I was going to get pregnant because the penis was jabbing at my underwear and like (laughs) clearly, clearly like the pre-com was going to like make me pregnant because it was just like poking at my soft underwear and I was like, is it going to go in? I think actually like one time jump in. <laughs> well, I think one time through the jeans, the penis was so hard that I think actually through the jeans and the underwear, the penis got in a little bit. Oh my God. How many times did you just say penis? <laughs> <laughs> like that was a lot. <laughs> and can we just rewind? Because I think we need to invite your husband at some point to be interviewed on this podcast, because I have so many questions for him (laughs) just around this, these random ideas that you come up with every now and then the orders you make on Instacart, just the, (laughs) the wildness you bring to life. Like, I bet he's just never, I don't know. He, he probably is still surprised, but it's like, nothing is just too wild. He's just never bored. He's like, like, like there'll be times when We'll be laying there in bed. I love like taking the skin on his ball sack and like rubbing it between my fingers. No. <laughs> that is oh my God. And he's like, oh, he would die. He's he'd be like, he's like, please stop. I'll be like, oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> like it's like it's like this. It's like a nervous, it's like it's like a nervous habit that I do. <laughs> it's like most most like people would just like twirl their hair. It's like a nervous. Oh. I also, <laughs> I, also, I also take I also take my pubes and his and I twist those hairs. <laughs> Stop. Oh, I'm dead. When you when you when you said twirling the hair, I absolutely <laughs> twirl my pubes and his. What is it, what is his response to these types of things? He's just so used to my demeanor and like it's my like banter. Nothing. Like no, he's so just funny. like and like if he doesn't want me to, he'll be like, stop it. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> but Not I right now. It, it doesn't even like I don't even it doesn't occur to me that I'm like twisting his pubes. I'm just like mm. or like <laughs> playing with his ball skin. <laughs> like I'm so obsessed with his whole nether region. I love it. Well, that's great. I mean, yeah, it's good stuff. Two become one when you're married. So <laughs> I don't agree with that. I'm still myself. Oh. He will tell you he is not me. He will tell you that. No. Conversely, he does not do that to me. Just to, if you're wondering, you guys are so cute. I love it. Oh, thanks. He's so, nice. yep. Dry humping. Yep. Anyway, it's coming anyway. back. It's making a comeback. When's the last time you dry humped? Uh, it's been a really long time. And is it is it moot now because we've had sex? Like, is it is dry humping out of our future? That makes me sad. No, it's not out of our future. <clears throat> okay, can you go out on a quest and to dry hump? Okay, since I'm the We're single cool. one. No, I'll dry hump too. And I'll, I'll do a back. test and I'll get back on the dating app and I'll just put on my profile looking for a good dry hump. I bet yes. I'll get a lot of action from that. Yeah. Yeah. Probably a lot like, of responses. That would be really funny, actually. Man, the days when you would just like have a hot makeout and then have a 
poking penis. But like right now, it's it's really hot. It's summertime. People might not really want to dry hump. So we might have to wait. We might have to wait till fall. (laughs) Man. Let's get like a fall dry hump. Crank down the AC and then get after it. That's true. Okay. And then we'll report back. We'll both try to dry hump over the next month or two. I don't even know. What? We'll report back. Anyway, so what are we talking (laughs) about today? Not dry humping. What are we talking about? Risk. Taking risk. Okay. Dry humping is not taking a risk because you're really, you know, trying to keep yourself safe from a lot of things. But- um, you know, we want to talk about some different risks that we've taken in our lives, what it's done for us, maybe some different. <laughs> I'm still <laughs> laughing. I'm still laughing at the, at the like your reaction. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to re-listen to that. And I love that you oh. save those things for like a live response yeah. on the pod. There's so many things I also want to always want to tell you. And then I'm like, I'll just save it for the pod. That's perfect. <laughs> so anyway. Okay, okay so-, um, t- so we're also going to talk about what are some, you know, risks that other people can take, and then we want to talk about how to really be smart when taking risks um, so that we're prepared for some things. So let's just jump into our first topic, which is okay. we're going to talk about what are some of the risks that we've taken and um, what do we, what did we get out of those risks? So let's hear yours first, Izzy. I would say the biggest risk that I've taken other than I have to say getting married is a pretty big risk. Uh, well, that's a good e- one. Yeah. Even though you're like, I'm, you're completely solid on the person of, you know, a person being your person, but at the same time living 24, seven, 365, um, uh, with the same person, um, you have to give up all your money to them, possibly, if you got divorced. Oh, okay, wait, did you I sign a think about up? No. That's what I think about, like, no, anytime. We, we, we came into our marriage poor as fuck, so, like, we legit deserve, like, yeah, I don't want to think about that. That makes then. me sad. But, like, um, no, we did not. Um, but I have some friends getting married for the second time this, like, right now, and they're going to all sign prenups because – they have their own kind of like mm-hmm. <clears throat> their nest egg built up or yeah, yeah. they're like their four, whether it's 401k or whatever. So I think for, I think one of the biggest risks you can take is getting married and like you hope really hard that it all works out. And I will say for me and, and my husband, like every day gets better and we are really fortunate that we still have so much individualism. Mm-hmm. He does his thing. I do mine, but like, although you're, you do twist your pubes together. I, I do twist our pubes. And then to be fair, I don't braid them together. Like, it's not like that. I like, will like twist his with my left hand and twist mine with my right hand and be like, well, and I think a lot of our podcast listeners, this is totally getting sidetracked, but they're immediately thinking about, well, how long are your pubes? If you're being able to like twist them together. No, I have, um, I haven't trimmed my pubes probably in a year or two at least. So I have a full bush. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell you, it doesn't deter either one of us. Like I know that a lot of people trim everything for their own well-being. I never did that. I always did it for the man. And now I'm like, meh, I I never needed to. I'm like, maybe maybe, it may be a married thing too. I think a lot of people just get like that where they're just Um, more comfortable. I'm comfortable, but it's also like, if you, if you want it, you go and get it. 
Okay. Nothing is going to get in your way and not some pubes. And it doesn't bother me personally to have pubes. So I'm good. But so um, what I think I have found really fortunately in my life is, is a person who is a true value add like to me and to himself. Like we both really strive to help each other be our best selves. We're in therapy every week or every month, um, you know, maintaining, working on ourselves, working on our marriage. Um, But best friend, but it's not easy folks. It's not easy. Mm -mm. And any it's, I'm not looking through those colored glasses. There are days where I'm just like, I don't like you. You can, you can go bounce, like go somewhere Um, and vice versa. But at the end of the day, like we are fortunate to have feel that every day gets better. Uh, The quarantine I think a lot of marriages, it's, it either made you or broke you, mm-hmm. unfortunately. And I know a lot of couples that didn't make it. It's listen, it's all, it's all hard no matter what, but staying true to yourself, that's the, the biggest key piece. So that's why I say it's a risk. You know, you put yourself mm-hmm. out there, you commit to a life with someone and you hope to hell it, it works. And um, I really feel for those who it doesn't, you know? So the other thing I would say for me is the other biggest risk is, um, I did this uh, I'm when I was in my <clears throat> younger years. So like I, in my twenties, I moved across the country with no friends or family. And back then I would always lean into like the glamor of it. So I would go home to like, I could totally fam- see that about you. Right. Yeah. Family visits. They're like, Oh my gosh, like you live in this, this big city and, isn't it so fabulous? I'm like, it's so fabulous. It's so amazing. It's so perfect. And like, child, please. I could have been like, no, I should have been like, I'm not eating. You were broke. I was broke as fuck. And like my car got towed to Brooklyn one time and it cost a thousand dollars to get back. Like, that's not cute. That's not Mm -mm. glamorous. And like, I would like lean into like, so it gave me like a confidence boost because everyone thought it was a big deal. Mm -hmm. But now looking back, I I don't need that kind of gratification. I'd be like, no, listen, it sucks. It is not cute, you know. But at the time, it was a huge risk in myself, not knowing anyone going out there, no friends, no family, uh, no money. But I was seemingly living this amazing life. You were young so, when you did that too. Yeah. So I think that makes a, a difference in what the experience is like for people. Mm-hmm. Now I'd be much more grounded. And like, I think I was to your point, like young and just so naive. I was like, Oh, like, would you have still done it? Or would you, how would you have done things differently? Do you think? Oh my gosh. I would have totally still done it. Okay. So it was, it's worth the risk, but the money, I think, Mm -hmm. I think I would have been, I think I got like a 10 K bump to live somewhere. That's like easily 50 to hundred K more cost Mm -hmm. of living than where I was at. So that was stupid, but I think um, I absolutely would have done it. So I'm so proud of myself. And it was still wasn't glamorous, wasn't cute, but like such a cool experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you? Um. So risks that I've taken. My biggest risk. I waited till I was like 35 to take a risk. I was pretty conservative, I think, with my decisions in life. Um. Until I was that age, and even then, it was still really fucking scary. But I also moved across the country by myself we went in opposite directions 
We did. I moved 2000 miles away. No, I didn't know a soul. Didn't have any family. Um, but the difference in my move was I did the research before yes. I, before I went, you know, and I think I would contribute just being a little bit more, a little older and experienced in things. Yeah. Um, and I knew if I was going to do something like that, I wanted to be rolling in the money because I wanted be it to be easy yeah. and I wanted to have fun with it. And I wanted to be able to get on a plane and go see my family if I had to. So, yeah. and I didn't want it to be a problem. Smart. So I did that. And then two years after that, I moved another like 1500 miles away. I still live pretty far from my family. Um, but I would say those experiences have really just opened my eyes to the world. Cause I mm-hmm. went from living in a small town to a city and, taking the bus to work every day and going to downtown and seeing homeless people and all Mm. kinds of different cultures and stuff that just, it seems like you would just see those things on TV and then when you see it in real life and you're living it, it just changes your whole perspective on things. I'm glad you brought that up because again, being from a small town where I lived far away by myself as well, finally let me be me. Mm-hmm. And that sounds, what I mean by that is no one gave a shit no. what I was doing or looking like walking down the street. No so, one gave yes. a shit. It's and so I could just free. Be so it's, freeing. You know, I and, had anxiety going to get fucking mm-hmm. groceries when I lived in my small town. Cause I'm like, who the fuck am I going to see now? Nope. Which ex-boyfriend am I going to run into? Yep. And like, it felt so freeing to go somewhere where you didn't know anybody. And it was like, who gives a fuck what I look like? Who gives a fuck? That's exactly right. And I started having such a, I had such a strong respect for people who didn't look, I'm going to put air quotes, the norm. So if someone Mm -hmm. walked out with like blue hair or someone walked out with like, whatever, I was like, yes, Mm -hmm. yes, do you, yes, be you. And I loved it so much. So that's. I love that you brought that up because that was one big piece that I learned and that I'm now really embracing of other types of people. And then the other thing that you brought up was homeless people. So again, coming from a small town, I was taught at least that like, you know, um, they put themselves there, they're worthless, they're, you know, this or that. Whereas in the city that I lived in, my regular every night ritual was I would give anything I had um, money or leftover food to a homeless person mm-hmm. because I knew in my current position, I was one step away from being them. And what I mean by that is like, had I lost my job and had no income, I wouldn't be able to afford anything and I would be on the street, like without my family, of course, like I would just move yeah. back home. But like, my point is we're all one or two s- steps or decisions away from that. So don't fucking judge it. So no, not at all. that's helped me learn too. I'm glad you brought those two things up. That was big for me too. Yeah. And, you know, I just want to talk about what it was like going through the process of this um, because I, I don't want it to come across like it was just so easy. There were plenty of difficulties I had while I was going through it. You know, I right. packed my life up and my brother drove me across the country when he stayed with me for about a week until I was there by myself in my apartment. And that's when it fucking hit me. And it scared the shit out of me. And I, I loved like leaving town and I loved all the people saying to me like, oh my God, you're doing this. Like no one's there with you. You're doing this all by your, like, I felt so proud of myself. It was like the whole glitz and glam that you were talking about. Love it. 
Yeah. I thought it was so cool. And then it was like, shit, when I got there, I'm like, oh my God, like, what am I going to do now? And then, um, you know, it just, it forced me to be more independent, even more than what I was do things on my yeah. own, learn how to travel on my own, yeah. um, manage my life a lot more on my own without right. somebody to fall back on with everything. Of course yeah. I was calling my family constantly and I was crying yeah. and the first six months were just like, oh, so sad. I just missed everybody. And I lost my grandma during that time. And like that beginning part of it was so emotional, but it was worth it pushing through that, getting to the other side of it and having the confidence that I built and the experiences and just, you know, being able to really take it in. It it changed everything for me. It changed my whole life. So it was, it was also worth it. I'm sorry that you lost your grandma during that time. And now that you say that, um, I did too. Mm-hmm. And I actually didn't get home in time oh, no. to say goodbye. Did you? No. I had no. FaceTimed her like the week before. It was okay. very sudden though when she died. It was a stroke. And so it just happened suddenly. But, you know, so we FaceTimed. Same with mine. Mm-hmm. That's wild. That is wild. And it happened when we both left. We both were left. Yeah, we both left. I remember... Um, she was still hanging. She had stroked and she was still hanging on. And I got on the plane. Mm. By the time I landed, she had passed. And I was like, fuck. And then I was like, I was like, fuck, what am I doing? Should I really be out here doing mm. this? Like, what, what am I doing? But to your point, as hard as that was losing our grandmas, I don't know. It built something, right? I don't know. You know, what brought me so much comfort though, during all of that is that she would have been so proud and so happy for me. Like she wanted me to be independent more than anything, be be educated and not rely on anybody. Go live your life. She would have just, if it was up to her, she'd been like, go, it gives me the goosebumps now to think about it. But it's like, that's what your grandma would have done too. She wouldn't have. No. Uh, this one, maybe not. She was um, (laughs) very, she was very, this, this one, she was very reliant on her, on her husband. Very like, you don't do anything. Oh, she would have been scared Uh, for you. She does not take risks. The other grandma though, she was actually the one that sat me down. She took me to Panera. Um, and she's now passed since then too, but she sat me down and she was like, don't you dare stay around here for any of us. You go do this mm-hmm. and you do it and you crush it. And uh, I was like, ah, oh, bless you, queen. Okay. Can <clears throat> we have an episode about our grandmas? <laughs> yeah. I think we yeah. need to add that. I just hearing these stories. There's so many okay. things that we could talk about the with them. And so keep going. Yeah. yeah the just their, their generation and how different it is anyway. So um, yeah, that I would say that's really been the biggest risk that I've taken in my life. That's come to me and. It's all, you know, I think the takeaway from this conversation here from both of us, even though they, those risks looked a little different in the experiences, both of us even say today that we would have done the same thing over again and, um, it changed us for the better. So I think that's just a great experience and we would, I'm proud of you. Encourage anybody to do that stuff. Thank you. I'm proud of you for having done that. Thank you. It's funny, like, Aiden and I always talk about how we've always been best friends since second grade, and it's interesting mm-hmm. how our paths were just different for a while, but how similar they ended up being as well. Mm-hmm. It's wild. It is. 
Okay. So let's move on to the second topic. What are some of the different risks that, you know, other people can take? I wanted this, this conversation to give other people ideas on Mm. maybe some risks that they might decide to take in their lives. And so let's just kind of run through some different ideas. You want to go first is. Yeah. So I think one of the biggest risks that I've taken over the past couple of years is really, truly taking stock in who's around me. And if I don't, this is going to sound cutthroat and it's not meant to be, but like, if you're not on my vibe or wavelength or on my energy, I kind of step away. I kind of distance myself for the betterment. Cause like I'm on a very specific journey to like level up. And Ada and I always talk about this. We are on a journey to level up with our careers, our money, our lives. Mm-hmm. And I am not, please, it's not judgmental. But if you're not on my vibe and if you're holding me back, I'm out. Mm-hmm. And I've had to make some really, really tough decisions the past few years. Some people that I thought were going to be in my life until I die uh, suddenly aren't. And it could come back around. Um, and we're having a, you know, we're having a friend breakup podcast uh, sometime soon. But um, I think one of the biggest risks that other people can take besides job or marriage or moving is like really figuring out who's who's in your life that is following the journey that you want to go down or like that path you mm-hmm. want to go down. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like it's more people like you, <clears throat> the older you get, you're going to realize that you have a very specific choice on who takes your energy and time. And it, it, it'll be, it'll surprise you. Yeah, I love that. And I think we get to a certain age where we start to just make those decisions in our lives to, you know, have friend breakups or, you know, family members that we decide that we just don't want to be in their life. Just don't vibe with you. Yeah. And it doesn't, and nothing bad has to happen by the way. It's like, there doesn't have to be a fallout. There doesn't have to be drama. It could just be one day be like, all right, I'm going to give that person less time or energy. And once you do, you'll realize that it's not reciprocated and you're like, oh, okay. So and they'll either come after you or they don't. So for instance, Ada is someone that didn't have a lot of my energy five years ago, but has a lot of my energy now because we vibe, we're on the same wavelength. And again, we never, we just get each other. I I think our souls are. We're kindred spirits. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. What about you? What are, what do you think other risks people can take? Um, so this one I've thought about a lot this year and I'm trying Mm -hmm. to do more of this. I, I think people really need to date outside of their normal type. So, um, for the single people like myself (laughs) who are still in the dating world, I think it's important to like, try something different. You know, like I look back at my dating life and I'm like, Jesus, I've dated the same fucking type of guy every time. And it never works out. And I'm like, okay, well, there's the insanity. Why am I not dating different people? So you've, so that's interesting. And I want to pause on that because I don't feel like I've ever had a type. I have dated every race, every ethnicity, every height one. (laughs) That's probably why you found your one. I have not because I'm very much like a a person of habit. Yeah. And um, it feels comfortable to you or yes. And I'm just always like going towards the same type of guy. And I don't know why, like, 
it's just maybe it's because it's easy and I'm lazy. There's a lot of stuff I'm really lazy with. Like when it comes to work, I'm not lazy, but like dating, I'll be really fucking lazy because I'm, really I'm not that motivated. Interesting. So, I was, so I was probably the opposite in that way. And we should talk more about that. But like, uh, yeah, I dug energy more. So, but there was a very specific amount of time where I was obsessed with dating black men and um I I hate to say it was a risk because it doesn't it wasn't a risk to me but upon finding out that I was dating a black man my dad said all right choose and I said the fuck what mm, that's fucked like up. excuse me Mm-mm. and um I ended up telling him I was like I basically told him I'm like bye like if you're gonna make me do that then you don't have my best interest at heart. Mm -hmm. And I refuse to be part of this like racist prejudice bullshit. Um, No, obviously it didn't work out with the gentleman and I, but it was, um, it was one of the best experiences of my life. Yes. Um, Yes. And I would, I would recommend anyone to date outside their race or their ethnicity or their, what they know to be true. Your type. Get out of the type. It's fucking amazing. So, you know, and, and just talking about it here today makes me think that basically taking risks are things that take work and take effort from you, you know, yeah. because we're so easily like just taking the easy route. So like, let's just try something different. Put in the work. If you see a part of your life that yeah. you want to change, put in the work to do something different and try other things. Right. That's exactly right. And I, and you just... I think I think what's what's hard, and I hope that as a society we've changed. But um, I had the opposite happen to me too when I was dating another black man, and his family didn't accept me, and he they forced him to break up with me. And oh, it's wow. like let's do better, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like so I would love to hear like if you were to find someone not your type, if um, but I I think the older you get to, you just kind of like you tell your family to kick rocks if you're not they're not support you. <laughs> You know, but like yeah. at the same time, I don't know. It's that's a risk in a lot of, I guess that's a risk if it, you're going to lose your family. It's a risk to date outside your type. Yeah, it is. It is a risk, but it's like, what's the most important to you? You have to weigh all of that to make. Please promise me your next date will be your opposite type. I'm yeah. going to try. I've tried. Okay. I'm, I, now I feel like I, I'm motivated to try to start dating again and get on the app. What is your what is your type? Just so we know. Um, professional white guys, clean cut. Yeah, they're all fucking assholes. Yeah, I, I love an asshole for some reason. Like okay. if you treat me badly, I'm like gonna come after you and like. Oh boy, we gotta work on that. Fall in love with you. So like a nice guy, I run the other direction. If if you're really sweet to me, like I I think like something's wrong. Like, why are you doing this? Okay. So I here's what I suggest. Here's what I recommend is <clears throat> not dating a white guy next. You need mm-hmm. a guy that's nice but has swag. Mm-hmm. Because that swag is a what a game. <laughs> yes. Like because then you're like you it, it gets your attention. And it okay. doesn't make you, you're like, oh, trust. I, 
I did hear about those dating apps where your friends can swipe for you. So I might have to sign up for that one and give you the password. Please. please. (laughs) I think that'd be really funny. And you can see the conversations we have and all that stuff. What? Okay. We're doing this. Okay. We have to. We can do a podcast about that too. All right. We're going to do a podcast. Okay. Okay. Other risks. Dating. Other risks. What do you think? So other ideas I would give other people for like just kind of changing their lives apply for new jobs. That's the obvious trap, like move travel, um, traveling by yourself. People don't do that. And I mm-hmm. think that it ties to what are things that make you super uncomfortable? Do those fucking things, do things it. that like make you nervous or anxious, like do them and do them over and over until it's like so easy. You learn so much in those experiences, um, showing up to the meetups, I, talk you know to what? people. Mm-hmm. really quickly what you just said um there's this quote and I don't know who wrote it so I'm not gonna try to quote it but like it's all about you know it's growth when you're uncomfortable as fuck yeah so lean into that try yes. to and it's uncomfortable but just do it like do it nervous, and keep doing that it. should start feeling yes. like a good feeling it's us. like oh because your I'm brain is starting it. to be your brain's yeah. like wait a second this is not familiar lean into that Oh my God. And I was thinking this morning, I was getting ready for work thinking like, God, I haven't been nervous in a long time. Yeah. It's time to make myself fucking nervous again. (laughs) Cause I have this afternoon. You got nervous. Yeah, this you're right. There was an emergency. Everything's yeah. okay. But yeah, I, I did get, nervous. it is okay. I need to get my it heart is- pounding. Yes. Um, okay. A few other ideas before we move on. Um, talk to everybody. So something that I, I try to do is when I go to networking events is I purposely try to talk to the people that like, I don't vibe with people. I don't vibe with at work people that I kind of butt heads with. Those are the people I gravitate towards more because one, I'm trying to, you know, establish a better relationship with those people. But then it's like, I also need to understand them more and open up my eyes to them. And I always think it it usually makes a difference for me. I see them in a different light when I have these in-person one-on-one conversations with people. So stepping outside that zone, instead of staying Mm -hmm. with your regular click in your group, go talk to other people outside of it. You you don't know what you're going to learn or what kind of opportunities you're going to come across by having those conversations. You know, I do the same thing, but it's for a completely selfish reason. It makes me look like I'm able to work a room and it looks good, like from leadership that oh, I can okay. like work the room. <laughs> now, I I want to, but I like, I mean, that's an okay approach too. There's nothing um, wrong with that. Well, but I, I also appreciate what you're saying because at the end of the day, nothing gets done if you're like shitty with people so mm-hmm. um what happens because like I typically I typically try to stay with people I don't vibe with mm. but I really want to lean into what you're saying because it's really uncomfortable for me it's like a really um, interesting if experiment if you look at if it that I don't, way yeah but if I don't vibe with you and I talk to you in person and we still don't vibe that's okay then you know it I've yeah, had but, that happen too yeah but then what so what then you're just the same page than you were on before right? Like, it's not like it's going to turn into a bad situation. Interesting. I need to think about this more. Because like, I, because the other part of me is that I can work a room, but the vibe I'm on these days, 
I'm not interested in anything inauthentic. So if I don't, if I don't think we vibe, I'm not going to try to like talk to you. Like we don't vibe. So because you that, feel like you're being inauthentic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Well, maybe just try it. But time. I like Tell your perspective. You no, no, no. I'm not saying yeah. you're wrong. I'm saying that like, that's what I have felt. So I'm just like, oh. And you'll notice know, but- too, those people don't come to you. They won't because no. they feel the same thing, but it's like push them outside their comfort zone. I I've seen it go both ways where it's like one way it's just like <laughs> shit stays the same and it's, the, you know, nothing changes. Yeah. And then the other way is like you see them in a different light and maybe they see you in a different yeah. light or, you know, like that can change it can only get better. I, I think what I get to though is like, so typically Typically in my experience, a lot of people are intimidated about me or intimidated by me until they hear that I grew up in a domestic violence home. Why do I have to share that with you for you to like see me as a human? Like, why should I have to like do that? Anyway, we could go off topic, but like, I just struggle with um, like, let me be me. And like, why do I have to tell you something really problematic for you to be like, oh, she's not a raging fucking bitch. Well, yeah. <laughs> Why do they think you're a raging bitch though? Okay, we're we're gonna like deep dive into this too much, but like I think we should have a conversation about that too. Like Um I think there's still a way to approach it somehow. I do too. I come come to find out that like I'm intimidating because um, you know, other people have told me like I'm a badass, I'm good at what I do, and that's intimidating. And I'm like, okay, so then rise up and meet me. And they're like, see, that's intimidating. I'm like, why? Anyway, so just to give you a glimpse of like. (laughs) Okay, I don't know where to go with that one. But (laughs) anyway, last one on what other people can do for taking risks. Um, I think that it makes all of these things much easier if you just stop giving a fuck about what other people think. I think that's what holds a lot of us back from doing a lot of these things mm-hmm. and um if we just quit caring i mean i think there needs to be like a subtle amount of care but not so much that it's holding us back from doing things like caring about what are you know what are all your coworkers gonna think if you take this other job or you know it's like who the fuck cares do this do this for yourself do what's best for you right and that's what i mean by like <clears throat> If I okay, so I feel when someone feels some some type of way, it's coming from a place of their own insecurity. So that's where I will always go to advice. I'll like rise up and meet me. A lot of people don't like to hear that because they feel that's on the but it's like do you don't pay attention to what I'm doing. Do you? So Can I give you my perspective on that? Please. If someone came to me and said to me, I like you intimidate me, I don't think I would respond and will rise up to me. (laughs) (laughs) I think my response to that, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong, but I'm like, this is, I would, you know, I I would want to ask why, what is it that I'm doing? What makes you feel that way? And I would want to like understand where they're coming from a little bit more and try to figure it out. Like, how can I well, make this yeah. different between me and you? Well, so I did do that in the most recent occurrence and, and 
she said, because you're a badass, because you're really good at what you do. And I was like, okay, help me. <laughs> like, yeah. But like, what can I do different? Like, I'm not going to like not be a badass. I don't know what to no. say to that. It's like, no. <laughs> so anyway, again, we should have a co- topic on this yeah, in general, yeah. but like, um, I totally, totally hear what you're saying. And I do um, genuinely, if someone thinks something bad about me or like, and by the way, intimidating doesn't have to be a bad thing. Uh, it could be like, you're not trying to like make everyone love you. It's like, mm-hmm. that could be intimidating, you know? Um, so it's, I think it's just I don't know. confidence. <clears throat> People see confidence as being intimidated too. That's what she said too. She's like, you have confidence. You're a badass. You're going to wait you do. And I'm like, so mm, that's not intimidation. In- Intimidation to me is like scaring people. Yeah, I don't want to scare anybody. No. I genuinely don't want to scare anybody. But like when she came to me with those three things, I'm like, so I'm not going to change those. So no. (laughs) how can I help you be more comfortable with me? Like, and I asked her that. I was like, how can I help? So I'm like, let me have your back more. I'll be more vocal. Yeah, Yeah. you did great. I I don't need to do that. You didn't just say, well, rise up to me. (laughs) (laughs) Get on my level, bitch. Get on my level. (laughs) No, you're right. Like, and you're like, oh, how, how shocking people think you're a raging fucking bitch. No. <laughs> oh, like that's um, how you responded? <laughs> okay. Um, now I'm hearing the, was... now I'm hearing the full story and granted you've got COVID. So like you've got COVID brain right now. I get it. <laughs> what? No, I, I have the general sense of like, be a badass. Do you rise up and meet me? Cause like, if someone asked me like, how do I get to where you are? I'm like, rise up I don't know like (laughs) okay no okay moving on so moving on all right (laughs) Izzy tell us yes how to be really smart about taking risks uh so this sounds easy easier said than done but like really hear me out but listen to yourself so like sit in a actually doesn't have to be a quiet place sit somewhere where you can really hear your inner thoughts and you can hear your heartbeat. Like you can feel it in your chest. You can feel it. And you can also hear yourself breathing. Sit somewhere and be like, all right, like, what is this making me feel? If there's like, you know, set your own barometer of like whether good and bad feelings. And if you equate like nervousness with like a bad feeling, listen to where it's coming from in your body whether it's in your toes, whether it's in your chest, whether it's in your brain or your head, it'll come somewhere and be like, all right, focus on that and figure out what is that about? So I guarantee you, had I had this, had I done this with myself, you know, 20 years ago um, and listened to where it was coming from, I probably would have felt in my head kind of like a thumping to be like, or a chest to say like, this isn't safe monetarily like from a from a financial perspective this is not safe for you and maybe I would have approached differently I did not listen to myself I just um you know my husband jokes like my mantra is like damn the torpedoes full speed ahead um that's kind of how I do life and so I try really hard now with like major decisions to like mm, just step back just Take sit and beat. listen. Mm-hmm. Just sit and listen. Um, I do truly feel that your soul will never lead you in a path you're not supposed to go in. I really, really believe that. Nothing in this universe happens on accident, in my opinion, whether it be a higher power of God, universe, energy, spiritual. Um, you're not supposed to be where you're not supposed to be. 
that's my, that's my take on it. Um, and then, you know, how to be smart about it, make sure to take into your, into account your financial matters, your safety, like, you know, to a place, don't move to a place that you didn't feel safe in all of those basics, kind of like human basic instincts, take those into account too. But if you have the chance to really listen to your heartbeat, listen to your lungs and, and really like with your mind chase where some of those feelings are going to, you can find out what is what you're trying to tell yourself or what the energy or universe is trying to tell you mm-hmm. about this decision you're about to make. Yeah, that's really good. I love that. It's almost like doing some meditations. Yeah. Really help people kind of come to center and see those things. Got it. it. It's wild how much you can track it when you really try. Yep. Well, you know, our lives are really busy. Things just never stop and shut off. And so forcing yourself to do that, I think can really help give you the answers that you need. What do you think you, what what do you think we could do? Um, Of course, mine's all like really logical stuff. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Do your research, use data, talk to people, check the Yelp reviews. Those are all the things I would be doing. I research the hell out of everything, probably to the point where it slows me down at some points, but um, that would be my advice is, you know, use your network as much as you can and all of your resources that you can, but also, you know, only to a certain extent, don't let it lead you down a path that slows you down so much that you don't end up doing it or it takes you fucking forever. And you're an old person by the time you get there, you know, like this, this is where you need like a good buddy to be like, get out of your own way. Like me. Yeah. 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 You and me are the best team. Because mm-hmm. you'd be like, hang on I'll a reel second. your ass in. And I will <laughs> I will elasticize your ass. Like, what? <laughs> or wait, I don't even know what that means. Um, but like I would I would be like, all right, Ada, let's make the decision. Let's go. Yep. So like Rip we're the such band-aid a good team. Off. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. And just have that check-in with someone that can hold you accountable in a good way. hmm I love that. All right. Wow. I think that uh, that's a great conversation that we had today. That you. was good. Wait, clearly, Ada wants to school me on my responses to being intimidating. No. Um, <laughs> hey, 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 stickers, follow us on Instagram and give stickers. us a review. And, and tell us, tell us whether or not you want to be called stickers or not. Uh, and uh, thanks, Ben Sound, for your amazing music, as always. Thanks, um, Ben Sound. And check us out. Thanks so much, stickers. Yeah. Hey, don't leave us unread this time. We want to hear from you. We miss you. Um, just to close us out, we just say we hope that this helped inspire you, encourage you, take that risk you've been thinking about, this do that it. big change you want to make in your life. Just do it. Just fucking do it. But do, do your research just- beforehand, please. <laughs> I mean, like, just a little bit. We love you. You're amazing. Bye.